is read the Word of God. There are all kinds of great responses when God speaks to us and, and encourages us through His Word. And uh, singing His Word is, is one of the great things uh, that we do. And uh, I'm not going to sing this, but I would invite you to turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 as we come down the home stretch of this letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and to all believers everywhere for all time as the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, as we're going to take these two Sundays of Thanksgiving, you know, the, this being the first one, next one being after Thanksgiving, um, to look at these these last two uh, important uh, topics at the end of the letter, um, they fit into Thanksgiving so well I decided not to do um, different Thanksgiving messages, but to, to wrap up our, our study of Second Thessalonians here during Thanksgiving because there aren't many things greater than what we're going to be looking at the next two weeks that God gives us that we need to be thankful for. So Second Thessalonians chapter 3, starting with verse 16. As the Apostle Paul closes this letter. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand, which is the distinguishing mark in all my letters. This is how I write. The grace of of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Again, back to verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. As we were singing or listening to this new song this morning, this Living Waters, I love that picture of leading our children to the shore. Basically saying, here it is, kids. Here is the living water. If you're smart, if you're wise, if you want to live forever, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, drink it. This is, this is the only place that you, can do, that you can have that water, this living water. And that's how I feel this morning as we, as we think about what God has done for us in Christ. And remember, as Paul was writing to the Thessalonians, He was writing to a group of people who were believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody that was listening to the reading of this letter when it arrived to Thessalonica were believers. But it was written directly to the believers. And so those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ, those of us who have received him, and remember what it means to receive him, to believe in his name. You know, we're singing about Jesus this morning. That that was some bold print, wasn't it? Jesus. That's emphatic. Jesus, the the Apostle John said, yet to those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's power. That he changes us from sinners into his righteous children by believing in his name. Not by doing good things, but by believing in his name. And what's his name? Jesus. Jesus. The salvation of the Lord. That's what Jesus means. The salvation of the Lord. We believe that it is through Jesus that we are saved, that we're forgiven of our sins. That we're given the promise of eternal life. And we're given this relationship that the Apostle Paul speaks of at the close of this letter. 
the relationship that we have with the God of peace. Now, that was a loud statement to the Thessalonians. Remember that? Remember what they were going through as we read the first chapter? Remember the difficulties, the persecutions that they were facing? And now as he's finished this letter, he's saying, and now may the God of peace be with you all. They needed peace. Anybody here need peace? Yeah, we do, don't we? And I feel like that song, as we, as we lift up this word and look at it, we're, we're coming to the shore right here. We're coming to the place where we can find that peace, where we can understand God as the God of peace, who recognized our need for a Savior and gave us Jesus to give us peace with him. When we, when we believe in Jesus, we now have peace with him. We're no longer enemies of his. You think, wait a minute, I wasn't his enemy before I received Jesus. Yes, you were. According to the word of God, we were his enemies before we received him. Because we were content without him. We were, we were living in, in some kind of rebellion against him. Thinking that we could make it on our own. Thinking that maybe we were good enough. Or maybe just not caring anything about him and, and denying him. Maybe even worse than that, maybe working against him. All different ways that we could have been his enemies, but we were his enemies. But once we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we were brought to peace with him. He is the Lord of peace. He is the God of peace. He's the one who brings peace to us. Peace with him, peace with each other. Do you see that as we were singing that song also about forgiveness? Again, one of the great blessings of being at peace with God is we're forgiven. Maybe some of you are like me as you were singing this morning. You're thinking, oh, he brought, he brought something to your mind that you need to be forgiven of. And, and right as we're singing, we can just confess that to him. Because again, in the, there's power in the name of Jesus. He says, he's faithful and just, will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness if we confess our sins to him. Because of Jesus. I was thinking, I really I had a goal this year. I don't know if any of you have started setting up Christmas yet. I honestly had a goal this year that I was going to be jolly through the whole process. Yeah, hear that? that I mean, she's right. She buzzed. She, she gave the, the buzzer, the, the, the loser buzzer. I, I've already blown it, all right? 2021 is over as far as that goes. I can't be just jolly through the setup of Christmas now. Because I blew it. All right? Not once. Numerous times. But I want to tell you something. She did the buzzer. She has had a lot of opportunity over over 40 years to forgive me of stuff. And because of the peace of God that she has, she can extend that to me in forgiveness. That's what God does. That's that's the gift of God in this relationship that we have with him, that we can have relationships with each other because we can forgive each other. It's the only hope relationships have. Because we all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. Even as believers in Christ, we all sin. We fall short of the glory of God. And we depend on the forgiveness that we've received from God, the peace that he's made with us, so that we can keep the peace with each other. This is a great, great gift that he's talking about. And this is God. He's saying, 
he's calling God the God of peace. And look what he wants to give us. He says, may he himself, the Lord of peace, he himself give you peace at all times and in every way. You hear that? All times and in every way. In other words, we got no excuses. Oh, you don't know what I'm going through. At all times and in every way. A lot of times we make excuses for not being at peace. We deserve to be anxious. Even though the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, be anxious for nothing, we think, but you don't really know what I'm going through. You don't know what my schedule is like. You don't know what my health is like. You don't know what my relationships are like. You don't know what my job is like. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The peace that we're talking about right here is the peace that Jesus was talking about in John 14. Let's turn to it just just briefly. John chapter 14. And look how Jesus described it. This is that peace that comes at all times and in every way. John 14. Verse 27. Numbers keep getting little. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. This is the Lord of Peace talking, the one that the Apostle Paul is talking about. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He's talking about his peace, not the world's peace. The world's peace is let's fix the problem and then we can have peace. He's not saying wait till the problem's fixed. He's not even saying he's going to fix the problem. Now, eventually he is, but he's not saying that, that immediately, as soon as, you, as soon as you recognize me as the, as the Lord of peace, As soon as you ask me for this peace that that I've promised you, then I'm going to fix all your problems so you can have that peace. He's saying, I'm going to give you that peace while you're still in the problem. Before you even know how it's going to be solved. Before you know even if it's going to be solved in this lifetime. I'm giving you a peace that's not like the world gives. It's not, it's not I'm going to fix it and then you'll have a reason for peace. I'm telling you, you've got a reason for peace. Even while the trouble is surrounding you. Even while you feel engulfed by it. Even while you feel like you're drowning in it. I've got peace for you. He gives it. Knowing that is a very, is a very important, important part of receiving it. And possessing it. 
knowing that he's promised it. This wasn't, this wasn't something the Apostle Paul conjured up. This is something he got directly from Jesus. The Prince of Peace. We're going to call him that during the Christmas season. We do that every year. We refer to Jesus as the Prince of Peace. We should because he is. We especially do it around Christmas. But he's always the Prince of Peace. He's always the Lord of Peace. And he's got peace for us all the time and in every way. Regardless of what your difficulty is. Regardless of what the trouble is that's causing you not to have peace. Now, in talking about this, I don't want, I don't want to sound cliche-ish. And I'm not sure that's a word, but you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to make this sound like, like this is real easy. Because peace isn't real easy. Because our lives aren't real easy. And there's all different levels of, and depths of, of not being at peace, of being anxious and of anxiety. There's all different levels of it. And like other issues that we face in our lives and difficulties that we face in our health, sometimes we need to look to what the Lord says and try to apply that to our lives by, by thinking about what he's promised. It, like here he says, I'm giving you peace. So take it, use it, live in it. And then if we still find ourselves struggling with living it, then we got to remember, what are some other steps I might need to take to receive this peace from him? The first one we're already doing, looking at what his word says, what he's promised, what, it's, what, he, what, what he's offering to us. Then another step that we can take if we aren't taking it, be around some other people who also trust in the word of God and believe the same thing about this peace and hang around them and receive encouragement from them to walk in this peace. Even in the depths of the sorrow or the anxiety that you're facing. Be around some other people who agree with what God says. Not people who are always naysayers. Not people who are always talking about the negative things. Not people who are always, you know, downer Debbies. Sorry if your name's Debbie. I didn't, I'm not picking on you. Not, not always hanging around, the, but hanging around people who believe the word of God and who believe that this is supposed to apply to us. That when the Apostle Paul told the Thessalonians that they were supposed to have peace at all times and in every way, that we are too. And that this is a great, great thing that God has provided for us. And so we need to agree with each other and pray for each other to, to have this peace. So here's the fellowship of the body of Christ coming into, into receiving this peace and, and operating by it. And then also, as we find out in, in lots of areas of life, we find out that sometimes our, our lack of peace is accentuated by medical issues, by chemical issues and things like that. And so we also find that, that therapists and doctors can also help us to put these things into practice. Whatever the situation, whatever the circumstances, this peace has been offered to us, we need to do all that we can to live by it. Not to think that we're an exception to what God is talking about here. Not to think that we're, we're among those that, G, that Jesus wasn't going to give peace to. No, he says he's given us his peace. The Apostle Paul, in, in talking to the Thessalonians, wasn't just talking to that one group of people who were having trouble. He knew that people everywhere all the time were having trouble. That's why I also said this to the Philippians. Look at Philippians chapter 4 before we go back to 2 Thessalonians. Philippians chapter 4.
A lot of you have this, this passage memorized. A lot of you have had, had the passage in John 14 memorized as well. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, this is the peace that we're talking about, from the Lord of peace, which transcends all all understanding. Right now, you're, as you're thinking about this, and maybe this may be one of the first or second times that you've really thought about this piece, you're thinking, this isn't really making a lot of sense. Well, it transcends understanding. This is, this is beyond the normal kind of piece. This is what Jesus was talking about. He says, I'm not giving you like the world gives. I'm giving you peace that goes beyond your circumstances. I'm giving you peace that, that applies in all of your circumstances. And again, he gives it to us by explaining it to us, by helping us realize this is what he intends for us. This is part of what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. This is part of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. We get his peace. We receive his peace. We get to live in his peace. A peace that transcends all understanding. A peace that doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. How can you be calm right now? You might hear that from time to time from someone who doesn't know Christ, who doesn't know this peace. And you're not going to be able to explain to them, well, I'm just really cool. <laughs> I, I, you know, I learned from back in my, my uh, athletic days how to handle pressure. You know, I got this. It's no problem. This is no big deal to me. We could say that. That'd be wrong. That would be a lie. We say, I can't really explain it, but it's something that God gives those of us who love him and, and who serve him, who know him, who are following after him. And, and on and on, we can explain that relationship, but that's what it is. It's a gift that he gives us. We can't completely understand it, but it's something that we experience when we realize that he's got us. No matter what we're going through, he's got us. His promises are true. Every one of them. And the fact that he's promised to meet every need that we have according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, that's later on in Philippians 4. The fact that he's made that promise to us, he's going to get us through this. And there is a peace that comes to us when we recognize that, when we trust that, when we believe that, that will help us calm down, will help us be able to function, will help us be able to continue to shine for him and to be the witness for him that he wants us to be. Remember who he's talking to in, in, in First Thessalonians, or excuse me, in Second Thessalonians, same group. People that were undergoing severe persecution for their faith in Jesus Christ. And remember what that meant. Some of them, we're losing their jobs because they believed in Jesus. It was that simple. The boss said, if you keep hanging out with those cannibals, you ever been called that? They were in Thessalonica and other parts of the Roman Empire. 
because of the Lord's Supper. Remember, these folks worshiped their gods by offering meat and stuff like that to them. And then they'd have a celebration, eat that meat. They thought by people talking about the Lord's Supper, they were literally eating somebody up. Called them cannibals. And they didn't want to have anything to do with them. They thought they were going to bring bad luck to their town because they weren't worshiping the gods of their town. You can't work here as long as you keep hanging around those cannibals. You can't work here as long as you keep talking about Jesus. You're fired. Now what am I going to do? It's hard to get a job when you're one of those people. That's pressure, that's stress, that's anxiety producing circumstances. Others of them were being killed because they're followers of Jesus. They're arrested, taken to jail, separated from their families. Real difficult problems. That's who the Apostle Paul is addressing this to. He knows the depths of their difficulty. He's lived it himself. He knows that there's a peace that passes the understanding of those circumstances. He knows that it comes from Jesus. He knows that Jesus made that promise. He made that promise to his apostles, to him. He knows it's a promise that's made to everybody. He wants us to have that peace no matter what's going on. We know about it. We know that he's made the promise. We expect him to do something through us in that. Did you you see in, in Philippians 4 here? Where, where he says, it will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. This peace that he's given us, it's going to work in us. It's going to do something for us. It's going to guard our hearts and our minds. It's going to, it's going to minister to us. It's going to enable us to shine, to think, to process to care, to serve, to minister, even through the grave difficulties that we face. That's what his peace does. If we know that about it, and we know that Jesus is the Lord of peace, and the Apostle Paul prayed for the Thessalonians to to possess it to that degree, then we pray also for each other that we would possess it. And then he grounds it He grounds this peace in in the last statement that he makes. Back to uh, 1 Thessalonians, or excuse me, 2 Thessalonians. Look how he finishes that statement off. The Lord be with you all. The The Lord himself. He's just speaking of him, the Lord of peace. Now he's saying, the Lord be with you. There's There's where your peace comes from. You ever feel alone in your anxiety, in your stress, in your worry, in your fear? Come together with God's people. Get back into his word and remember this great foundational fact about you. Remember, this is about you. If you believe in Jesus, then this is true about you. He will never leave you or forsake you, ever, ever. No matter what the difficulty that you're facing, he will never leave you or forsake you. Sometimes 
you'll feel like he has. Because you've asked and you've asked and you've asked for his solution to the circumstance or the situation that you're in and it doesn't seem like he's doing anything. And you're you're wondering, is he really here? Is he really with me? And you go back to the word of God or you go back to your friend in Christ and say, is he really with me? And what does the word of God say? What does your friend who knows the word of God say? Yeah, he's with you. How do I know that? Look at what the word of God says. He is with you. That's one of the things that he gave you when you put your trust in him. His eternal presence in your life. Eternal. Now and forever. You are going to be with him. Now, by faith. Later, in person. But now, by faith, the Holy Spirit himself, God himself, lives in us. And he will never leave us no matter what we're going through. That's the real foundation of our peace. Because the Lord of peace lives in you. The Lord of peace lives in me. The Lord of peace lives in us. So we can have that peace no matter what's going on. Jesus had it. Remember what he went through? Remember those bad days? And he had lots of them. But we think mostly of that one. And we looked at this a few weeks ago from Hebrews chapter 12, where he says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Remember, that's not decorative. That's symbolic. It reminds us of the real cross that Jesus died on. He endured the cross, scorning its shame. Remember, that wasn't only a painful way to die. It was an embarrassing, shameful way to die. For a Jewish person who knew the word of God, who said it was a, a, a shameful thing for a person to hang on a tree, and then just for any person being crucified, publicly exposed nakedness and, and just terribly humiliating Scorning at shame. He did that, it says, for the joy set before him. God had given him the peace that he needed to endure that as the son of God. From eternity past, he possessed that peace and gives it to all of us who possess him. He's the one who promises it. He's the one who gives it. And he's with you right in the middle of it. This morning in our Bible study class, we were speaking some of the old speaking of some of the Old Testament characters who found God in the worst circumstances. Who found out even when things were going rough, that God was right there with them. One of the obvious ones is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember that? Back in the book of Daniel. And they were threatened with being thrown into a fiery furnace if they wouldn't bow down to this image that the king had, 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 had cast. They wouldn't do it. 
And as they were thrown into that fiery furnace, when the king looked in to see what was going on, he saw four figures in the fire. That may be the most obvious statement in scripture of the presence of Jesus with us in the, in, in all, at all times, even when we're going through the worst of times. And I can safely say, being thrown into the fiery furnace is a bad thing. Now you're going through some bad things, but I'm telling you, that's, if not worse than what you're going through, it's at least close. And who is in there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? None other than the Lord Jesus himself. Who was with Daniel when he was thrown, again in the book of Daniel, when he was thrown to the lions? Who was with him? The Lord was with him. Who was with Jeremiah? The preacher that never, you know, some of you are so kind to me. After the message is over, you'll come by at the front and say, hey, that was really great, or thank you, that really helped me. Jeremiah never one time got one of those. Not one time. You got a lot more than that. (laughs) Got a lot of other comments, but not one high five, not a single one. In fact, a number of times he got thrown because of his preaching. They enjoyed it so much. They threw him into an empty cistern, all right, which at one time it held water, so it's kind of mucky, nasty. They threw him in there numerous times. Guess who he found in there? The Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the one that he was prophesying about, the one that he was preaching about. He was there with him, bringing him through. See, the Old Testament characters had him too. But now we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have him in an amazing way. So that at all times, in every way, we can have peace because we recognize that we are with God and he's with us. And, he's, and he has a plan for us. He has a goal for us. He's making us more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's using even this difficulty that we're facing to help accomplish that. So he gives us all of those thoughts, all of that knowledge from his word and helps us to keep on going, to keep on persevering because he's growing us. He's doing something in us that's going to matter for eternity. And he has decided as the king, as the Lord, the one we've been singing about, the one that we've been proclaiming, he has decided that this is the best way, whatever difficulty we're going through, that this is the best way to accomplish his plans and purposes for us to make us the witnesses, to make us the praisers that he wants us to be, to grow us in the best way possible. This is not like... You know, this is the only way I can do it in you because you're, you know, you're so messed up or whatever. No. This is, this is his choice in, in developing you to be the man or woman or the boy or girl that he wants you to be in Christ. And he has promised with his presence to use this to grow us. He cares about us. He's accomplishing great things in our lives, even when we don't recognize it. He's promised to do it so we can know that that's happening. Sometimes we ask the question, what's he trying to do? What's what's going on? And because we know the word of God, we can answer that question. We don't know how, but we know why. We know that he is growing us. We know that he's making us more like his son, 
the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's using this difficulty to do it. And he's promised to bring us through it. He's promised for eternity that we're going to live in his presence in a way that we're not going to have any more of this development, any more of this discipline, any more of this instruction, any more of this suffering. It's all going to be gone. And even some of the things that we go through now are temporary. Even even in this life's timetable, they're temporary. I've told you before of the of the two babushkas that I met one time in in a worship service in the Ukraine. Two two women who were children when the Ukraine first fell to the communists. And they waited 70 years before they could go to a worship service. 70 years. I got to be there at it. They still, in this, in this community center that we, were, that, that, that we were using for the worship service, it still had Lenin and Marx busts up on the wall. It was that fresh. And these women endured 70 years of persecution for their faith in Christ and never were able to meet like we're meeting today until that night. 70 years. I don't know how long you've been going through what you're going through, but having met them, I can say it might last even 70 years. I don't know. In fact, Many babushkas died before that opportunity came, and so they never in this lifetime got to meet again in a, in a worship service like this. And they died in that persecution. But when they awoke, when they were absent from this body, this physical body, and present with the Lord, they then were released and relieved from that pressure, from that stress, from that anxiety. It was gone. And praise God for those of them that were able to live their lives in that difficult circumstance under that terrible regime that they were able to live their lives with the peace that passes all understanding because they recognized that they had the Lord of peace in them and that they could do anything that he wanted them to do regardless of what the government said, regardless of what their health said, regardless of what their relationships were like. Because remember, some of them by following Christ were also forsaking their own their own husbands or wives. Because some of them said, hey, like Job's wife, some of them said, hey, curse God and die. Let's just, let's give up. Let's, let's tell them we're not believers anymore so we can at least get better food, so we can at least get the heat turned on our house. We'll still believe, but let's just tell them that so they'll turn stuff back on so they'll start treating us better. There was a lot of that conflict going on. And to stand and to continue to stand and say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to say something I don't believe. I'm not going to say something about God that's not true. I'm not going to say something about myself myself and my relationship with God that's not true. Sometimes that husband would leave. Sometimes that wife would leave because they wanted heat. They wanted food. They wanted their kids to be able to go to school. Whatever the circumstance, praise God for those who in, in the history of our church, not Midway Community Church, but this great church that God has made us a part of, were able to have peace even through those grave circumstances. We've got them, folks. We've got some circumstances. We've got some difficulties. We've got what the psychologists call stressors. We've got them. But you know what else we have? We have the God of peace living in us. 
helping us, encouraging us, growing us, developing us, using us to do things that are going to have impact for eternity. We may not see it now, but it's coming. He's promised that. And so as we approach Thanksgiving, it's just four days away. Be thankful for the peace that passes all understanding and be so thankful for it that you incorporate it into your life. If you recognize that you're not a man or woman, a child of peace right now, if you're not walking in that peace, talk to him about it. Say, Lord, I'm not experiencing this. I need your help. I need you to, I need you to give me this right now so that I can have this peace, so I can stop worrying about all the stuff that I'm worrying about, so I can stop being so anxious about all the stuff that I can't control. We ask him first. Then we talk to each other and ask each other to pray. And then if it, if it, if it continue, like I said, if it continues to, to, to be a problem and you, can, and you can't find it, then talk to somebody. We've got great recommendations of folks you can talk to that will help you through it. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a medication that will help your particular circumstance to, to get leveled out so that you can have that peace. But whatever the case, this is a peace that God has promised to us. And so incorporate it into your life as you're thanking God for it this Thanksgiving. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for this peace that passes all understanding, this peace that applies to all of our circumstances, even the rough ones. We want to thank you for being the Lord of peace, that that's part of who you are. And that's part of what we get when we receive you. Father, there are some here this morning who haven't received you yet. Help them to know that when they do, they get your peace. That's part of your gift to us. It's part of your promise. It's part of knowing you. It's part of being in a relationship with you. We get your peace. Father, we need it. Help us to remember what your word says as we face the difficulties that we face. Help us to remember that because of what you've done for us and because of what you've promised, we can be at peace so that we can continue to be a witness, so that we can continue to shine brightly for you wherever we are, whatever we're going through. Father, we pray for those this morning in places like the Thessalonians lived where they're facing a lot of difficulty because of their faith in Jesus. A lot of stressors. We pray that you would give them peace. That they would continue to to love each other, that they would continue to shine through their relationships and that they would shine even to their captors and their persecutors. Father, we ask that you'd even work in the lives of their persecutors and bring them to faith in Jesus like you've given us. Give them peace. Father, for those of us in this room that need your peace right now, we ask, we call out to you for it. Remind us that we have it. Remind us that you're the giver of it and that you want us to walk in it. Help us. 
give us that peace. Make us peace to those around us. That they would also desire to have that same kind of life. So confident that you're in charge. So confident that you have things in your hands that we can walk in peace. Lord Jesus, Lord of peace, we thank you. And it's in your strong name that we pray. Jesus Christ, the salvation of the Lord. Amen.